When there's ghosts and goblins jabbering, John is down in Grassy Key. He's gonna make someone cry, cause tonight he's eating banana pie. He's got an old school, it's time for John and Matt. He's wearing his old Eagle's cap. And then he goes, cause he's in a good mood, and we both grew up at St. Jude. And it was kind of the time of day. Where we would always brush our teeth, but then we acted a little gay when we watched for boobs in Friday the 13th. And that. Oh my gosh. Ooh, a regular wiggly wiggly piggly cracker barrel. Frangible. Yeah. Bathroom pranks. Ultraviolet password. Frangible. Covered in blood. Yeah. Did you say Philly That's cheese busted. or cheesesteak? I did you. Frangible. Thanks, Obama. I tweet us at the podcast about the underscore Bath podcast. Tell us to shut the fuck up. Frangible. That's busted. Nat. Oh my God. Bath and Frangible. We're back. Things are tremendous. We got Bob on the air. Bob, thanks for joining us. We're glad to have you. Thanks. For me, you're great. Nobody knows, nobody can do Southern Pink Lemonade like Bob can. The way he just mixes it up and write about sugar in there, it's, just, it's fantastic. I love Pink Lemonade. I appreciate that. Hey, Bob, sorry I was a little late to the show. I was, uh, <clears throat> uh, ironically, before the show, John and Bob and I in a thread were talking about um, North Korea. Uh, and I just, just caught the glimpse of the conversation. I was, I was away, so I just had to breeze through it. But um, get the snaps. Get the, uh, I had to get the, snap, the snaps. But I saw that um, you guys were talking about North Korea, and ironically, I was at a North Korean um, food cart. Not, not a food cart, a food truck earlier outside. Um, they have North Korean-specific food courts? What yeah. did they sell there? They were just selling dirt. How are we doing it here, Pyongyang? <laughs> I thought you were going to yeah. say, you know, animals. No, nah, because uh, they're hungry. That we have dirt Welcome to the show, Bob. We're excited to have you back on Podcastle's Nerd 35. We've got a lot to talk about. General McClellan, Civil War era, different um, uh, generals, I guess. We can, we can dive into that, but stories more so and historical um, accuracies of the war, uh, current oh events, gosh. and um, things like that. So it'll be it'll be good good time. There you are. Now I see you. I didn't see Bob before. I thought... It was like true lies. I just heard his voice. I felt like Jamie Lee Curtis without the tits behind oh. the glass. And there was like, a you know, two guys checking me out. But, yeah. So thanks for coming on the show, man. I'm sorry last time it didn't work out, but we're, we're happy to have oh, you on. Oh, yeah. No, thank, thank you guys for having me back again and uh, looking forward to being here. Sorry it didn't work out last time. I think uh, I'll take the blame for that one. So I blame Obama. We uh, we Obama. tried. We did a test run like an hour ago, and it went perfectly. And then when we tried to get on tonight, uh, it took us ten minutes about to to finally get everyone together here. I blame Putin. I blame. Skype gods are shining down upon us this evening. Roger Goodell. Yes, not the shine. Looks like you're drinking a nice coffee. I blame Jerry Jones. That's a, a silo of uh, Diet Coke here. Nice. Ooh, Diet Coke. <laughs> I blame Jerry Jones. So what's going on, guys? First of all, tweet us. Scooby, snap us. Uh, the underscore podcast. So Bob is a fan favorite of the show. Another gentleman of, of, of uh, friend of mine that, that believes that the K 
Kennedy assassination is also not a conspiracy, and uh, always always excited to have you have you on the show. So, what do you guys want to what do you want to dive into first? We have we have a lot to scratch at. What is it with the conspiracy theorists? Like, why are they? Because I always, um, you know, I'm a creative person, and I go against the grain in a lot of things. But why do people always, even with this timeline now of the Vegas shooter? Why? Breakfast isn't real. <laughs> it's just early lunch. It's, there's it's, no breakfast. It's a myth. I mean, I don't know. I think there's creative liars, and then I think there's conspiracy theorists. Sad, they're sad people. I hate it. They, they, they can't uh, accept the truth, and they need to have some... Maybe their lives are sad. They need to have some attention drawn upon themselves. I don't know. You know, yeah. I can't put, put myself right. in this news, but it's yeah. I mean, there's conspiracy theorists for 9/11 that you know a missile hit the Pentagon and the towers were blown up from within inside. Uh, which I I take offense. I take offense to that one particularly. Yes, me too. Speak that makes me angry. That makes me angry in a lot of levels. But I, I, when I first moved to LA, one of my bosses and a, and a good mentor and a friend who unfortunately passed away, his brother was the pilot in the plane that crashed into the Pentagon and he was killed. And when I hear oh. conspiracy theorists talk about that, it's yeah. not only disrespectful of the country, but it's very disrespectful to people that were directly involved. Uh. And um, I feel like in today's today's day and age, a lot of people just want a platform to get famous and attention, even if it's negative. And look, oh, that's not real. I mean, there's people that think Sandy Hook didn't happen. I you mean, know? why? The, you know, Bush couldn't get... Uh, the gay marriage thing passed. Do you really think he was? Uh, it was an inside coordinate, coordinated plan of his. We, we have trouble what getting on fuck? Skype in five minutes. Do you think they can coordinate like <laughs> three thousand people dying from you know the, the planes? Like no, I can't even get meetings at work like organized in time. So I think people just you know they get they just the want government would never pull stupid. off something like that to include the Kennedy assassination. Just if, if you, it's the same thing, you know, out in the private sector, it's the same thing. With the uh, with the United States government, we would never be able to pull something like that off. So could it be done? Yeah, Bob knows. Would Bob, we... knows. Bob knows well. We're still we're still coming out of the '90s in terms of technology right now. So, well, there you go. See, um, we're real excited to have you on. I know I mentioned that, but it's a real honor, Bob. You're a good friend of the show and of, of John and I, and and uh, there's a lot to talk about. But so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into this because I've been kind of had it's kind of like blue balls of the radio if you will without the sexual stuff we really wanted to talk about this george b mcclellan on the last yes. show if you're not familiar with them he was not only the 24th governor of new jersey but he was the fourth commanding general of the united states army and um bob touched on him last you know in previous conversations about some of the mishaps mayhaps what, if you will what army the union army during the um uh, the Civil War. The Union. Yes, he was. He was one of the the good guys. The Army of the Potomac, and he he had the slows. He moved like a turtle. <laughs> Did he really? Slows, slow oh, yeah. to China. He was an Did excellent he... logistician. Could set an army up. Could equip them. Could train them properly. They'd be the best fighting force ever. But he was afraid to put them forth in battle. He couldn't do it. Hmm. What do you mean? He was afraid he was going to get overpowered. Kind of thing. Or? He was afraid of yeah. He was afraid of conflict, and he always overestimated the Confederate uh, troop numbers because the Confederates, literally at the Second Bull Run, the Confederates, uh, Second Bull Run in Northern Virginia, or just outside of Washington D.C., the Confederates marched their army 
by him in a giant circle to make it seem like they had double the forces they did. And he bought oh, some trickery going Ooh, on. Ooh, like regular a David Copperfield. Oh, regular David Blade. Bob, what's so a they, bull run? Bull run is uh, Manassas wow. in uh, Manassas. Northern Virginia. And I believe, uh, don't get me wrong on this, I believe bull run is the Confederate uh, name for the battle and Manassas is the northern name. The north named the battles after rivers and streams that were close by or around the battlefield, and the south named the battles after uh, railroad heads and major uh, commerce and uh, transportation centers that were nearby. I did not know that. Wow. Wow, that's like Game of Thrones, the Battle of the Trident, where Robert Baratheon slayed Rhaegar Targaryen. The Battle of My Penis. Ended the war. So the Battle of Bull Run was a Confederate victory. and. Twice. The, re- the reason because twice and the reason because uh, he overestimated the, the troops and thought they were much larger than they were. He did. Uh, and the, the Union, uh, certain elements of the Union Army, I think, in that battle got a little bit ahead of themselves. And even the Confederates almost lost that battle. Stonewall Jackson almost lost his butt in that thing. Uh, really? Yeah. So Stonewall Jackson. But they the, the Confederates won. And that sets up what we're talking about here with the ultimate example of general mcclellan not uh reacting quickly enough to the information he's receiving uh in the field what is his legacy because of that was he is he considered because he's still considered i mean he's still you know an integral part of the war but do you think he um after this was over he it kind of diminished his his legacy a bit or is that intact? No, I, the troops loved him. Uh, the troops absolutely loved, adored him, even when him and Lincoln had a falling out. Uh, I think he was, I, I don't want to, he was very young when he became uh, general of the Army of the Potomac, uh, the Union general. And when uh, when he started his, uh, he, he was excellent, once again, I said, it's setting everything up and, right. and training the troops and outfitting them. And of course they had all the resources they could muster. The Union Army had great resources. They were just beating the Confederates to death in, know, that, in that area. You know who he reminds me of? Andy Reid. <laughs> He's got all the pieces, he, so he can put far. them all in the right places, but he just doesn't do it at the right time. I feel bad, I feel Touché. bad. Touche. Uh, I feel bad comparing Andy Reid to him. <laughs> for Andy Reid's part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's for so Andy Reed's funny. Part. True. But now he, he, I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, Bob Reed's. So he, you know, he was able to amass this great army. He had him perfectly trained. They could, they could have, if, if he was more aggressive, he could have smashed the Confederates at numerous uh, battles. Oh. But he just he held back. He let them dig in. Uh, they were able to fortify, and then the battle was, uh, you know, went more the Confederates' way. And you know, Stonewall Jackson, a great Confederate general, uh, who was probably one of the most aggressive men in the field, who advocated for, you know, doing exactly what the the North did to the South with Sherman's March. He wanted to do it in the first year of the war and burn the North, you know, go through and a religious man, and then burn Philly and New York. He was just like a maniac, Bob Stonewall. Like he just didn't care. He wasn't, he wasn't a maniac. He was calculated. Oh, he, he was, was just like a really great like warrior, yeah. <laughs> soldier. Yeah. yeah, and he quoted the Bible oft. He was, yeah, uh, he, he was a man of the of the good book. Yes, As and, he yeah. chops heads off. Right, uh, he, he maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe not kill, people. But. Now McClellan, McClellan had a falling out with Lincoln. 
mm-hmm. is my understanding. What, how, what, what took place of that? Was it his hesitation in battle and the, 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 the price of the war and cost of lives that, that was getting Lincoln fed up? Because I know Lincoln getting hit on all kinds of fronts, you know, aged to more than probably any other president. Uh, what, what was that like? How did that happen? Well, you had McClellan in the Peninsula State. campaign where he was supposed to go, the Peninsula campaign, he was supposed to come down the peninsula, you know, next between the Chesapeake Bay and yeah, the, Maryland, and then go up and attack Richmond. Right. And he was obsessed about attacking Richmond. He wasn't obsessed about breaking up the Confederate Army. And Lincoln was trying to push him constantly. You need to crush the Confederate Army. And that will win us the war. You don't need to just get Richmond. They can move Break the guy. back. Right. Now, if he, did, if he did that, the war would not only be over a lot quicker, but it probably would have avoided Gettysburg and the advance into Absolutely. that war. And then what really came to a head was this special orders number 191, which were Lee's orders, wow. General Robert E. Lee's orders that were found in a oh, field in, in Frederick, Maryland. Oh, uh, yeah. In the literal sense, too. Yeah, they were literally found in a field yes. wrapped in three cigars. Wow. And who That's found amazing. them? So McClellan, this was this was rushed back to the Union lines, and McClellan was given them, uh, I think, in about between four to six hours, which this guy had to go, I think, 50 or 60 miles, which in that day and age is unheard of. I mean, he's on horse. He was on horse. Yeah, it can't be done. Yeah. Bob, who found so, them? It sounds like L.A. traffic. Takes me <laughs> that, did that guy miles. get any highlights and names in the big lights? The guy who found these plans? I don't have that specifically. I have it right here. I can I could probably look it up for you, but I don't want to slow us down here. But that really doesn't it, – it doesn't matter because McClellan didn't act on them. I know. What a stooge. What he could have done is he knew the, the Confederate Army was, was split three ways. And they were all trying to go to Harper's Ferry. They were gonna. They were going to, which is in West Virginia, just over the border from Maryland. And they were going to uh, come together there and then move over and try to crush the Union Army. And this is just after Second Bull Run, Second Manassas. So Lee is really getting aggressive now in 1862, trying to crush the Union Army. And McClellan didn't act on the orders until two or three days later when he sent his army, shot his army through gaps in the Appalachian Mountains, and. He was too late. Too late. Very <laughs> interesting to think about that too. That that could cost you your stripes and a lot of your stars and in, 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 in certain. It teams. eventually did. Uh, it eventually did. His yeah. fall from grace. What's his first name? George. George McClellan, the general so, who hesitated. He shoots the gaps. He doesn't get the he doesn't get the Confederate army. Then it so happens, you know, six about a week after this order comes out, they meet at Antietam. Or Sharpsburg. And a Tietum. great and a terrible day. A and it was the bloodiest day of the Civil War. 24,000 men killed in the matter of about eight hours. The <sighs> opening scene of glory is the Battle of Antietam. Well, we watch glory. Yeah. Great flick. Yeah, yeah Antietam is, is an incredible... Yeah. Antietam is an incredible battle. And to look at the historical loss of life in that much time, I mean, that rivals any modern war that you could ever imagine uh, in terms of single-day casualties. It's, it's just it's incredible. Now, you don't see that now without a nuclear weapon. Uh, uh, absolutely not. You wouldn't be like, oh, we're dying left and right, launch a nuke. Yeah, it's not sustainable in this day and age. No, not at all. Not at all. And now, what the, a that, waste. This, look at those soldiers that are all dead. If they were here now looking at us doing what we're doing, wouldn't they just be like, yo, I saw like my brothers around me die, and then I died. So you guys could all get along. And what the fuck are you doing? 
those soldiers would be pissed. One interesting about the Civil War too is because a lot of the you know the, the a lot of them, some of them knew each other and they were all from the same country. Is it wasn't uncommon for uh, Union and Confederate soldiers to be like washing and shaving in the same river after a battle, um, and then going back to their camps after the battle was over, which I think is is um, really kind of surreal to Dude. see that in fighting. And imagine like how like badass you would have to just suck it up on so many medical things, where you're like, well, I guess my left pinky toe is gone. Uh, I'll just put, yeah. I'll put some leaves on it and, and move along. And, and most guys died from diarrhea. That was the biggest killer of all the soldiers in the Civil War was dysentery. It wasn't Isn't that dysentery. Uslay, so all these, all these, you, all, you see all these uh, great <laughs> Southern men who do these, who dress in these great Confederate garbs who go to these great, you know, <laughs> reenactments. Now wigs. die of diarrhea. All right. <laughs> Isn't that just dull? Get some more pink lemonade in that Southern gentleman. Oh, you know, I always julep. I'm. I'm shitting myself to death right now. I'm shitting myself. Maybe some, maybe some less of that KFC because Kentucky's going to fry tonight just like my toilet seat. Somebody please check the uh, stock room. I think we're out of toilet paper. <laughs> hey, Spider, you got paper? Uh, George McClellan, too, was involved in the Anaconda plan. Yes. What exactly is that? Because I know like a little bit about the history, but I don't know really truly the the full scope. Well, they were gonna they were gonna. He was part of it. He wasn't the mastermind of it. The uh, the I forget his name now, and it's going to ruin my night. If it I was Scott. Scott. It was it was Scott. Yeah, Winfield Scott Hancock. Winfield Scott. Yeah. I knew it was. 18, oh, I knew Scott was in the name. 1812. Uh, Winfield Scott, not Hancock. Hancock was another general from Pennsylvania where we grew up. Uh, but Winfield Scott was a, uh, an American hero from the War of 1812, was still the commander of, you know, basically a desk jockey at this point during the Civil War. He was too old and too feeble to be able to be out. Oh, field. yeah, I'd say so. And the Anaconda plan was just to basically cut off the South from everything. We were going to attack them. You know, it, it basically it, it instilled the Western theater of the Union attack uh, on the South, you know, into Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi, and then up the Mississippi River. We, we get Baton Rouge and Louisiana and then go up the Mississippi and the South can't do anything. Whoa. Right, yeah. Of course, they, they can't move Cutting anything. them off with the head. We just push yeah. them into the ocean. Squeeze them from yes. both sides. Squeeze them from both wow. sides. Like a, like a, and like Scott was the orchestrator of that. Yes. Yeah, McClellan had a part in it, but he was mainly focused on his duties with the Army of the Potomac. Uh, and and but that was the whole Eastern Theater to crush that whole Eastern side of the Confederate Army. Wouldn't right. They went with anaconda. We went with the boa constrictor. Both squeeze plan, like. Plan. Well, maybe you know Winfield had a little uh, phallic, uh, you know. That's what I, I think, think there was something going on. I think that was like buying a big yellow, you know, Hummer. <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, do anacondas squeeze? Oh, very much so. Oh, they do, and they bite. They bite really hard too. They're, they're not venomous, but they they bite the hell out of you. Yeah, they'll hurt you. So I I held one once at a reptile show. It was a baby. It was a baby green anaconda, but it, but they're cool, man. Until they get too big. Yeah, and they get huge, and then they can like pop your head off. Yeah, then yeah. they can eat you. Uh, the Maryland, the the Antietam. Um, uh, fight, by the way, just going back to that, the battle was part of the Maryland campaign, and. Yes. Uh, which is across uh, in, I think it's 18, 1862. Uh, but how crucial was Antietam in terms of swaying the war 
to, you know, in favor, would you say? Well, first of all, you look at winners in favor of the union. Yes. Right. <laughs> Good guy. Right. Yes. You know, you look at you look the at war of aggression. Right. Nothing civil about it. You look at what could have been if he had really truly acted on that special order 191 and really crushed the Confederate army while it was completely separated, and he didn't do it. So the South, the the Confederacy, massed their forces back at Antietam, and there was a pitch battle, and it was basically a stalemate. But it was good enough that we Lincoln was able to put forth the Emancipation Proclamation, and we could count it as a victory. It wasn't eating and loss. So it it essentially it did sort of save. It didn't. I wouldn't say it saved the war effort. Gettysburg saved the war effort, but it 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 uh, gave the Union Army uh, a little bit of more, a little bit more time to figure things out. Momentum. It stalled them a little bit. Gave a little yeah. time to size up the situation. Neutralize. Uh, neutralize. Gear up and um, deal with it decisively. So, nice. but so he, so uh, McClellan was a bit of a procrastinator, hesitator, if you will, yes. with a lot of these things. Um, which led to his uh, fall from greater graces, if you will. Not grace, because he's still considered a great man, but it did diminish his, his legacy in the sense yeah, of his hesitation. Just... Yeah, he, he actually he ran against Lincoln in the presidential election in 1864 uh, as right. uh, a pacifist, uh, where we were going to basically you know, tell the Confederates, even though we were winning the war at that point, we were going to tell the Confederates, okay, let's just let's stop. We're done. We're, we're yeah, tired. which is not what you want to see. Uh, imagine if Eisenhower in World War II was running for president, you know, against Roosevelt. It was like, mm-hmm. we're, we're beating the Nazis. You know, I'm not comparing the South to the Nazis, but in that in that yeah. argument, you know, we're beating the Nazis, we're beating Japan, we're ready to win. But let's let's kind of just call it a truce and relax. It's like, no, we're involved. We need to finish this. We need to send them over the hill and crush them. This, yeah, needs, this, the this needs to happen. Preserve the union. Yep. Yeah, and he uh, there was there was a huge political movement for that too. So he was. He was an opportunist in that regard, uh, and it thankfully it uh, it didn't ever come to fruition. So, big opportunist. Yeah, and he actually met with Lincoln shortly after Antietam. Lincoln met him on the battlefield at Antietam a few days after the battle, and then uh, wow, they went back to Washington. And McClellan had a home right in Lafayette Square, which is I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with D.C., but that's sure. right. It's the square right across the north end of the White House. There's expensive real estate in that area. Yeah, especially now, and it was back then, too. So, right. I'm sure. Yeah, and he, he was supposed to meet with Lincoln, but he was upstairs with, uh, I'm using air quotes right now, a headache. And Lincoln actually sat in his parlor for about four or five hours, and McClellan refused to meet with him. And that was that was it. Wow. Yeah. Lincoln, Lincoln called. He, he That's very disrespectful. Yeah. Even, even if Trump, respect. even if Trump wanted to meet me, and I'm not a fan by any means, I, I wouldn't not meet him. I'd meet the president of the United States. Maybe he's, he's our president, no matter if you agree with him or not. Yeah, no, right. no, no, I have a lot of things to say to him and ask him and be like, yo, what are you doing? Get out of this. You're like way into deep. You, you gotta just get out. Get out. Get out now. I would just be like, hey, I Save owe some money to the IRS. Can you just, can we make this go away? Save yourself <laughs> and everybody else. Personal gain immediately. It's tremendous. No, Matthew. Hey. So, uh, okay, so that's, that's McClellan. And uh, really, really interesting, colorful guy. And um, to kind of look at the, the ups and downs of what he did and, and how he uh, he hesitated, but then had victories, but it could have been done differently. It's always interesting very, to look at that. Very into himself. Very into himself, and especially back then when news traveled by horse and 
It was very slow. It's interesting and to see telegraph. how this guy strategized. Telegraphs, right. Yes, the old Dude. SOS, the old Morse codes. Yeah. It's really interesting. Burnside's Bridge. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've been, actually, I've been on the Antietam battlefield, and if anyone ever has been there, it, it'll strike you about how small it is and how many men died in such a small area. It's I've never been. And pretty sober. What were they shooting? Were they, did they have guns? They have muskets? Did, were they shooting they, one? They had bullet? rifles with 52 caliber lead bullets. Inside that, them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They that's beautiful the lines. And then they had, uh, you know, the, the the worst part was Bloody Lane and the cornfield at Antietam, and they literally had, you know, Bloody the corn stalks back then weren't were only like four feet high. They weren't like six or seven feet like they are now, because now it's all genetically engineered. Be high by the Fourth of July. But they, literally after the after the battle, all the corn stalks were cut down to about three or four inches just from the gunfire and the. Oh camp. my gosh, dude, that's a that's an amazing sight. You're a very historical man. And that's a very amazing piece of imagery to put in your mind about that. And uh, I, I, let, let me ask you this: being a marksman and all, the let me, how, you're, you're 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 a kingsman. How how much more uh, of a degree of accuracy were weapons improved from the Revolutionary War to where you'd fire like a hundred rounds, hoping that they'd hit somebody, to the Civil War? They, was it a great deal of improvement? It was night and day because you had a rifled barrel in the Civil War. You could, in the Revolutionary War, you were accurate within 40 to 60 yards. Uh, in the Civil War, you were accurate with, uh, you know, over 100 yards. That's quite a rifled night and day. Deadly. I mean, and you're using Napoleonic tactics in the in the Civil War, you know, early 1800s tactics where you're just amassing your forces. You're just basically throwing meat at each other. That's all it is. Oh, you're seeing it right. can outlast. Which is why the Union won because the South could never win a war like that. And no, they didn't have the industrial power behind them. We had the numbers. Yes. The Union had such poor leadership and uh, it it just prolonged the war. Like McClellan could have ended this war in 1862. Pretty much. Can you imagine? That's terrible. I wonder if he was self aware of that too or if he was in denial. You wonder if he thought, no, no, I could have done this and I didn't in hindsight, like a Monday morning quarterback or if. He truly thought he was, you know, doing the righteous, righteous work. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I, I've only read it from secondhand people, of, you know, from his papers. And, but I never read anything comprehensive on McClellan, uh, only on Lincoln. And McClellan never took responsibility for anything. It was always somebody else's fault. Sounds like somebody we know right now who's in office. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like the, the, the Donald. Tables. You know, well, he just met, speaking of Donald Trump, he just met with the president of the U.S. Virgin Islands. So uh, let's met, give credit for dealing with foreign dignitaries. He met himself. Did yeah, <laughs> I read that, and I didn't even read the article. I read the headline, and I thought, this is not real. Like, you're the president, you dumbass. I mean, don't you have – I mean, given this president – not to change gears, but given the president and his, his history of foul-ups and lack of information, they need to have a full-time staff historian, someone like Bob, someone that's smart, go, okay, he's a governor. Just say governor. And just, you know, you need to have a, a PR person, you know, like the Kardashians have, and people that keep celebs from not saying a lot of stupid things. And he doesn't. And uh, it's kind of kind of a little embarrassing. I met Dude. with the president of Texas today. Greg uh, Popovich, coach of the San Antonio Spurs, went off on Trump today. Really? Dude, he annihilates him. This long, what did he say? he's a soulless coward who thinks that he can only become large by belittling others. 
because he said like Obama. I don't think he wrote to the uh, the victims' families. He didn't do it. I'm doing it. I do a call and a letter. I, I do a no, combo. I do a combo, them. and I send a picture of myself signed, the Donald, the President <laughs> of the World, because that's me, except for the Virgin Islands. Like what the hell? I mean, I totally agree with him. Like he has to, he has to always, he always has to bring someone else in. You know, yeah. he always has to rip somebody else, no matter what's going on. Oh. Dude, he's got to, he has to knock somebody down and he can't take any personal responsibility for anything. Look what he campaigned on. He, his, one of his biggest campaign deals was getting rid of Obamacare. And as soon as the Senate and the House take up the legislation, he removes himself from it and complete. So he washes his hands. So yes. he's just going to go down in flames. He's not going to get behind it. He's not going to go out on a barnstorming campaign thing and do anything about it. So, you know, when it fails, he just, oh, it wasn't me. It wasn't he's me. Like, like how countries can sell, companies can sell, uh, you know, products that are on the on the list of uh, embargoes to other countries to a third-party source. Like, we didn't actually sell it to Iran. It was this company. But you barter to them, and you know where the money's Like, yeah. GE does that. You know where the hell it's going. Sell. It reminds that me so true. of Shawn Michaels calling out Bret Hart saying, you're not going to get that sharpshooter on me, Bret. Like, uh, you know, you're not going to get it on me. Trump's like, we're going to get rid of that Obamacare. As soon as I get in there, that Obamacare's gone. And we're not going to have it anymore. And it's like, okay, you've almost been in there a year. It still hasn't, you haven't really gotten rid or replaced anything. Repeal and replace. I mean, that's like a, that's like a catchphrase a wrestler would have. Repeal, replace, I'm gonna repeal and replace nails and the big boss man at WrestleMania Detroit this weekend. Exactly. God, he cut the promo. It's so funny. <laughs> Bob, can I jump back one last thing about the Civil War? Sure. Before we go, going on. I could talk about the Civil War with you all day. I could spend 10 a.m., mm. 10 p.m. And I could talk about it all day, and then you guys would have no subscribers for your podcast. No, you would actually. And that's, I'm so glad you said that because here's my point. People need to There's know There's a new history. podcast coming out uh, later this year about the Civil War, and it's so anticipated because of all of the – since uh, Charlottesville and all the Civil War statues, people – are reading more about the Civil War now than ever. They don't know. Uh, at least in recent history, because of all these parallels to Confederacy and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, my question is, when you look at what's going on in America today, uh, with protests in Charlottesville and things like that, and the Confederacy, pussies, right? Most of these people today, I mean, they wouldn't last a day fighting in like the 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 Union, uh, the the Confederate Army against the North. Uh, kind of a twisted sense of history in that regard. Like, oh, new history no. would never fly a Confederate flag ever because it's a historical flag of a loser. You know, you would fly an American one because you're united. You're kind of anti-American by doing that, right? It's not roots. And tell me if I'm wrong. I don't live in the South. No, no, you're 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 right there. It's uh the Civil War was the most cataclysmic event to ever happen to our democracy. Uh you know you even look at 9-11. I mean, the Civil yeah. War was, we were literally, we were killing each other yes. for four and a half years. Oh. Um, and it was, it literally, it shook. It, we barely held the nation together. Oh. Lincoln barely held the nation together. And, and our By government. Threat. Poor, poor Abe. So you, you look at, and, and the Confederate flag, that Confederate battle flag that the secessionists use 
are is that wasn't even I don't, I don't believe that wasn't even instituted until late 1861 or 1862 and it really didn't come about again until the 1880s when this white when this white supremacist movement really began again in the south uh, with the backlash with Reconstruction, and we had a weak president in Andrew Johnson who didn't uphold the Reconstruction values that Lincoln. Uh, so, yeah, no, these battles. Scallywag. This is a civil war, just on a social level. So many people don't so know cool. that part of the war, and it's the craziest. It's like, all right, civil war, it was about slavery, the Union won, the f- slaves were freed. When that, well, where'd they go? What does that mean? It was still like so long ago. They didn't have like a system to come and pick them up. Like, what the fuck? Like, still half the country was like, no, we're not cool with this. How many people were doing it? You had black women getting elected into Congress in Mississippi five years after the Civil War was over. I did not know that. Wow. Wow. And, And then Reconstruction, because of Reconstruction, and then it flipped. It took a turn. Uh, like it went back. And we have what we're dealing with, you know. Then we had, you know, obviously construction period. It was a rebellion. Racists in Congress took over, so that's why we're still we're still fighting the Civil War today. I know that's, that's why it's so like true. Lincoln. The whole thing was for nothing. I mean, obviously, slaves so aren't slaves anymore, but it's almost like just as bad. They, yeah. They're still kind of set up to fail. <laughs> in yeah, most, we're most separating parts. again. <clears throat> Bob, what are we going to do about gerrymandering and the Electoral College in our foreseeable future? Are any of those things going to be seriously uh, adjusted or eliminated? Or is that just a beast we have to improve with what we have and it's not going anywhere? Like <laughs> Gerrymandering has been a part of our government since – I mean Elbridge Jerry, I think that, that's where it came from. Elbridge Jerry. Uh, I don't know much about his past. I, I would have to read up on it, but he was a pervert. Yeah, well, probably. I can't back that up. That, that's where gerrymandering comes from, and I don't think we're ever going to get away from that. But I think one thing we can do is eliminate career United States politicians, where we put term limits on House members and Senate members. Where Senate maybe make it two six-year terms, House members make it two, you know. Either four two-year terms or two four-year terms, so they get a little bit of time 100%. in there. So you get some experience. So you don't have like a Ted Kennedy or a uh, exactly. guy that, that ran. That was even a Joe uh, Biden who I, a you Joe know, Biden a guy. Oh, Biden. We don't need we don't need career politicians like that. We want people to cycle in and out who have been with the masses and who are fresh and have some fresh ideas. And it's not the same old guys. I mean, look at Mitch McConnell. The guy looks like he's melting. He's melting all the time, and I just <laughs> want to put like him out with. He's like a candle that's melting. Looks like a turtle that somebody ripped a shell off. Yeah, I know. I want to help him out. Like I want to give him a shell, like an old war helmet. And I feel like with gerrymandering and and the career politicians is exactly what you just said. If you have someone that's in there on a term limit, they're going to have more bang for their buck and make more of an impact as opposed to an old guy that's like, yeah, I've been doing this for 40 years. We're just going to float through this. We're going to sign a few things, make up appearances, and that's it. They're not really fighting for, you know, the cause. Yeah, and the best part of that too is you get a lame, you know. And when this guy's done their term, when they're done their their mandated term, they can do whatever the hell they want and can really act on behalf of the people. Yeah, absolutely. That's a soundbite right there, my friend. What you just said, what they can really do what they want and act on behalf of the people. That's why you see, you know, a lot of times in recent news, senators or congressmen or whatever, assembly members that leave, 
they're more passionate on us than ever now that they don't have any uh, strings attached to go, well, here's what really happened and here's what's going on. And, yeah. you know, yeah, this like guy cool. should do this. Yeah. Let it go. Corker. Yeah. Bob Corker right there. Perfect example. Corker. I like Corker. Oh, wait, who's Corker? He's a Republican from Tennessee, I think. And what is he doing? Tennessee. He's basically speaking out against Trump and how Trump has basically abused the Republican uh, members of Congress. He's a Republican. And he's the one who can speak out because he announced he's not running for re-election, so he can't be hurt. Trump said that he you know, begged him for his endorsement okay. when he goes, well, but I'm not running for re-election. I believe that. A hundred percent. Trump just says whatever's on his mind. He's just, he's just a liar, obviously. Um, but do you think that the divide in the Republican Party, I mean, his base is, is a strong base, but do you think he's going to – is it likely that he's going to get impeached or is he just going to win a second term? Because I hear a lot of people saying, nah, he's, he's going to get impeached or dividing him. I'm like, I don't see that. I see him you know, solidifying his base. And doing, I'd love to see him Wouldn't impeached. Wouldn't it I just be don't see it insane if he were impeached – I mean, who was the last president impeached? Nixon? Clinton. Clinton. Oh, Clinton was impeached? I didn't think he ever yeah. got actually. Doesn't mean removed from office. They have to vote you to remove you from office. Impeach just is basically the impeachment vote is a lack of uh, vote of Congress on you. Oh. Right. Oh. Hmm. What do you, what do you think about that though? Do you think he it's is it likely, knowing what we know now, that he's that's a possibility? I think so, especially too if the Democrats win the uh, the uh, oh my gosh, what is it called? The midterms. The midterms. The midterms. Yeah, if the Democrats win the midterms here in the middle of Trump's election, uh, he's going to have a real problem with impeachment because this you're seeing the stuff coming out from the Mueller investigation. It's a drip. It's a drip, and then there's more drips, and then more drips, and now I think now the faucet's kind of coming open. And oh my gosh. You know, there's 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 some smoke. I mean, there's some fire to this smoke here. Right. I'm glad, really glad to hear you say that. I feel very very confident. And more it's uh, it's this is not going to end well for him. I mean, he I mean, at the very least he's not going to get elected to a second term. But you know, hey, knock on wood, anything can happen. Knock on wood. This guy, I don't know if this guy. I still don't have a beat on him. I don't know if he's he's dumb and just hit it at the right time. Or he's actually – I think actually he's a really good used car salesman. He can sell you like a 1987 Cadillac with 257,000 miles on it with uh, an oil pan that's about to blow out and bad seals. I tell you it's great, and it's gold, and it's gravy. It's a brand-new car. Look at it. New paint job. New he just paint like job. talks a lot Cadillac. and pulls out of like deals that are really good for relationships, but I, I guess financially were in his eyes losing – and and that's like all he really does. He just talks. Well, a now lot. he pulls out of those deals. He pulls out of those deals because President Obama made those deals. Uh, which is very sad because yeah, yeah, yeah. base, just like this I, whole NFL thing. I feel like Trump is a step away from killing all the turkeys that Obama pardoned in the past, just because he did it. You know, just <laughs> I mean, it, it's really uh, like he does. It's like it's like having a guy that hates another guy, and then he takes that guy's girlfriend. He's like. Well, Peter used to do this. Well, fuck, we're not doing that anymore. Just despite him, you know. Right. Well, Peter used to. Peter used to carve fuckers' house down. Right. We're gonna yeah, have right. a Thanksgiving Day says, turkey hanging of all the just, turkeys. Just, Obama pardon. I'm gonna hang I feel him. like what. Right. What Obama right the made jokes about Trump. 
at the correspondence dinner. I feel like that probably just stuck, stayed with Trump because he's that kind of person. So he's here, he's like, well, I'm going to reverse this and do that. To uh, there, there's no logic behind it. There's it's very harmful. Paris, uh, the accord. Uh, say you're one of the like few people that don't believe in climate change. I mean, it's still a bad idea to move out anyway because the economical. Uh, you know, just the relationship. Uh, we have we have a, a friendship with other countries. Like that's what we want to do. We want to do things with them, whatever the fuck it is. Other than right, we want to do this. Right, absolutely. And Bob, I gotta ask you this. I'm sorry to be all over You've the place, but with, with Trump saying this, don't you think it hurts? Um, if we're pulling out of all these agreements and accords, whether you agree with them or not, it hurts our credibility with other nations in the future when they think, well, the next guy will just throw this away. So why should we? get on board with you you know you you signed this four years ago and now you're pulling out why should, don't you think it kind of hurts our credibility if Flip we don't floppy. stick to secession oh secession? absolutely yeah yeah what what you know going forward if we have a new uh e- even with a new leader you know what can they trust us with if we go to them now it diminishes us on the in the in the negotiating table because you know we we made these agreements and then you know we get we have a change of power you know every four to eight years and we're pulling out of all this stuff with it's seemingly to be political reasons, which it is because he's just trying to appease his base because he can do it executively. He doesn't need the Congress to do it. Yes. Yeah. It's hard. I agree with you 100%. It is horrible. It's frustrating, appeasing, too. Appeasing. Very frustrating. Makes us look like clowns on the world stage. We're clowns. Yeah. Appeasing. We look like clowns. It's like, the, like the stereotypical American. That's like what we are. That's what we look like through through the eyes of the outside. We look yeah. like these idiots are getting their way. Yeah, you're absolutely right, it's John. Terrible. It's terrible. Fucking terrible. Not gonna do it. That's why I said, Bob. I was like, we are so angry. This country is so angry and so split down the middle. But like, not in my life, but like the world that I watch on TV is just so angry at each other and what i see on the internet it's just it's bad not me i watch 90s movies all the time they're Uh, great the world was great in the 90s last action hero life was great Um, you guys didn't watch curbs episode last night did you sure did holy hell that was like one of the funniest i think with uh elizabeth banks elizabeth banks when she was like pretending to act or she was acting I always liked so her too. bad. Oh, I love her. She's great. One of the best. Um, Sorry, Bob. Before before we go, no, it's it's a great episode. I, I want to ask you how are you are you worried? Are you threatened? Do you feel scared? You feel scared about North Korea, or do you think it's rhetoric from a syphilitic man baby that found his dad's gun and is waving it around? Because uh, I feel like his, I feel like his generals. Are not all stupid, and they would never let a nuclear missile take off there because they know will be they'll be annihilated. Or does this guy really have the the daddy's gun and he's waving it around and he can shoot at any time? What do you what do you feel about that? I think you're spot on, Mark. I think uh, the general, if he ever if he ever did anything to if if he was ever launching nuclear warheads at America, uh, or if he ever had the the uh, if he was ever really thinking about doing that, they would shut him down. I think you see a coup there at that point. I think we're going to see a coup there. They're going to overthrow him uh, uh, regardless. We're not going to have to do anything there. He, he's Thank a you. complete psychopath. He shot his uncle with uh, an anti-aircraft gun. 
I don't know if you ever seen what anti. I, I did not know that. Is that what? true? Yeah, what? they blow you apart. Oh, With an anti-aircraft gun, that would yeah. put a that would Sweet destroy. You. I mean, yeah, the first yeah. round that hit any part of meaty part of your body would blow you apart. So, you know, uh, it you're it it just it it. It, it blows my mind, and, and now we are ramping this up with our president because his dick isn't big enough. So uh, he's got that is so codes. true. Fine, he's got the new codes, so now he can ramp it up, and his base loves it. Like, yeah, Obama didn't do this. Bush didn't do this. No, it's wow. not the case. Fire and you ice. Are so, you are so right on and spot on. And so reassuring during these times of crisis that if now when I'm getting upset with the state of the world, I'm going to do two things. First is I'm always going to pr- say a prayer. Second, I'm going to call Bob and go, do I have to worry about this? And if Bob says you do, then I'm fucking out of here. I am gone. I'm going down well, to Mexico or wherever I have to go. Be, missiles could be inbound right now, and we could be sitting here all fat and happy. Do-do-do. Oh, fat and happy. <laughs> and actually, they get their missile technology from Ukraine. Who gets all of their missile technology from Russia? So does that mean it's like hand me down oh, right. like third generation? Like, right. No, no. Like this is the same shit Nintendo. that is launching our astronauts on the Soyuz rocket to the space station because mm. Americans can no longer, you know, for the next like seven months, we, we can't launch our own astronauts into space. But we're putting our astronauts, their asses, on the same rockets, the same rocket technology that's putting those North Korean missiles. You know, over Japan that can reach the California coast. What the fuck? Yeah, and they're that gonna shoot scary. that electromagnetism. That would be well, that's with a hydrogen bomb. You blow a hydrogen bomb up at a certain altitude and it'll knock off your power structure. They can't they wouldn't do that. They would do that through hacking. It's really easy to hack our electrical grid. Oh. And just, oh, and I, just I know. Set them I'm off like, at one time. I'm amazed that hasn't happened yet. Like, just shut yeah. it down. Like anybody can. And well, our electrical went... grid is uh, seriously uh, flawed and exposed. Right. It was like we kind of slapped it together as we went. It was like the, the internet form. boom. I don't yeah. Know. I never, never saw it. Not blasphemous at all, actually. <laughs> kind of okay. Die Hard. Well, what, no, what is it? Die Hard. Uh, no, it was like the uh, one that came out like four years ago. A good day to die hard. Yeah, that one. Something the electrical like grid got compromised. A uh, good day to die hard. <laughs> so we had. If they ahead. do that, they knock out our power grid. Can yeah. can we even launch missiles? Oh yeah, all that like all that is uh, that's case. a DoD military power grid. That's all separate. It's all closed circuit. Uh, yeah, of course. Good. And the good thing is our Fuck. DOD ICBMs, the, the intercontinental ballistic missiles that would respond yeah. to any kind of nuclear attack, are still on floppy disk. So that can't be fucking hacked. Oh, wow. Unless it's the code password. Unless it's stolen by a... When, yeah. I, hear, a when I hear like... Um, I mean, I know not to the degree Bob does, but the... the the caliber of the nuclear arsenal that we have, and when you hear North Korea, like, we're testing a hydrobomb. I remember we tested hydrobombs in, like, 1953. Yeah. So they might be a little bit behind. And uh, I feel like um, what we talked about, uh, you know, with Kim Jong, uh, Kim Jong-un, you know, his generals would just take him out because I feel like they know history and they know this is, got, this is a guy that's just angry and we don't want to die, and we're not going to let this happen. He would be taken out before. I'm surprised he hasn't already, truly. But, you know, so it goes. 
it it's it's crazy. I don't know if what they have in terms of nuclear weapons can be delivered by one of their ballistic missiles. Um, even though they have the rocket technology, I don't know if what they're talking about can be delivered. I mean, because mm. you have to tighten it up, it's got to be streamlined. Um, the most thing, I, the thing I worry about most about North Korea is if they let one of these nuclear devices go with a terrorist group and they blow oh, it up in, in a European country or they send it over in a Connex container to uh, the port, oh, of, yeah. port of Baltimore and then light the thing there. Some of all fears, you know? Yeah. The movie Some of All Fears, they did something similar. Yeah, because he's crazy enough to do that. I, I don't think he... I think him launching a, a, a nuclear missile attack... That's scary. That scares me. He's a pussy. He's he's going to be passive-aggressive about it. He'll do it through other channels and then let us try to figure it out. He is a pussy, and but that does scare me. Absolutely. Dangerous pussy. He is He is not yeah, a good... The, you know, like he, most he, of them. Yeah, Marina. He could do yeah, it absolutely, and yeah. any of those missile, any of those bombs would flatten. I mean, it would kill tens of millions of people. It's a terrible thing. On that note, we want to say, Bob, thanks for coming on the show tonight. This has been a real pleasure. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, this has been a pleasure, Bob, and uh, thank you yeah, so much man. for coming on. Truly, um, and please, please come on again very soon, as much as you want. Uh, it's always great to have you, and it's it's. You're just a great guy and, and have a lot to say, and, and every bit of it is interesting. Thank you. Oh. The longest yep. goodbye. <laughs> I don't know about it being interesting. Uh, I it's, appreciate it. very interesting. There. And I love the show, guys. Uh, great show. And you, Clark, you and John uh, do a great job here, and I, uh, I'm, I'm honored you. to be able to be uh, a part of it uh, when you guys uh, allow me to be. So it's Oh, awesome. anytime. It's fantastic. You're a great guy. Yeah, man, anytime. So. Love it. John and I go way back. This is uh, this is all good stuff. Bob, thank you so much, sir. Great, great being here. You guys take care. Thanks for coming, man. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> that was good. Oh, my gosh. Um. Yeah, man, that was amazing. Live Web Media has been custom developing websites for over 19 years. Each of their websites is specifically crafted for each client and their customers. This modern, sleek web design will easily transfer across mobile and tablets while featuring your beautiful brand video and HD imagery. Request pricing today by going to livewebmedia.com, calling them at 949-885-0132. That's 949-885-0132 or email them at info at livewebmedia.com. Tweet us. Snap us. At the underscore podcast on Snap us at nerd.35. Tonight's show brought to you by Live Web Media. That was a great first half, man. Good to have Bob on. Uh, insightful and historical, uh, to say the least. You know, Bob sometimes, like, downplays his, uh, you know, history knowledge. And I'm like, dude... I could talk to you until the sun rises and sets again about all that stuff because it is endless. It's so endless, and there's a zillion books written about it. And that's just the Civil War. What about the other wars? He could be a professor. He could be a dean of uh, his history college. He's, he's, his knowledge is unsurpassable. It's incredible. I would love his course. I would love to take it. 
I would pay money. I would pay pay my parents money for it. I ain't paying money for school, motherfucker. I got shit to do. So uh, the story, of course, that is breaking the airwaves this week in Hollywood, and I'm not going to get into this because you've heard it all before, but is you see it in all the dockets, is the film Krumpus. The Return. And uh, it's coming back. No, uh, Harvey Weinstein oh is happening. Oh, my God. But I'm gonna I'm gonna segue into a sports with John on this because uh, I've kind of tuned out of the Harvey Weinstein thing. It's no surprise it's a yeah. big Hollywood secret. It, whether you're in Hollywood or not, that he's a you know a piece of shit and it's another uh, rich white guy who's doing stuff to women that he shouldn't. I mean, what the fuck, man? Absolutely, he's a terrible human being. And the amount of writes and deletes I've uh, drafted for the not me thing will attest to that because I I like to go on a limb a lot. I really have. No filter. I don't like to apologize. I think if it's funny, it's funny. But this is a, an area that is never funny is the is uh, harassment of women and how he's abused them. I think he's a sociopath. He's a psychopath. Uh, but, but why I bring this up tonight because I've talked on this before. But this, this really bothered me was Al Michaels um, apologized for a comment he made during the uh, Giants game the other day. What do you say? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. He, the Giants talking jive. We're talking. He was talking jive, and he said he made on the air. He made a joke that I would make, and most of us would make, and it was a poor taste, clearly. But the the length he went to to apologize and the people calling him out, it's turned into a witch hunt of politically correctness. And I'll tell you what it was. He Please. said the Giants are coming off of a worse week. Than Harvey Weinstein, Ugh. and that's that's a, that's a poor taste. But that's just a banter on the air, right? And, and that's and, making fun of Weinstein, not of. And that's that's against Weinstein. Is my whole point is there? It's against. It's not saying oh he's a great guy, but now we're apologizing for making fun of the pe- the bad people, and we have a president that grabs people in the pussy. I, I just feel like for a while we've been too sensitive, but it's. It's it's on another level now. It's almost like a witch hunt of you can't say anything. Yes, I totally agree, all. man. We did get a little too sensitive, but now it's like out of control. Like don't Pete see the problem is half this country doesn't have a sense of humor. The other half does. So when a joke is made, some people think you're making fun of one thing and then the other half that know that the joke is about the other. Right, that it's real. And, and it's so sad. It's just we're full. We're half not funny people, and we're half people that are funny or we're, at least understand what funny is. Right. We're like half cocked. And I have some uh, – Cocked. Right I have some uh, – I saw some of my comedian friends post things on, on Facebook this week and, oh, and on Twitter that I, I never would have pictured them saying. Some, some really foul, lowbrow comedian guys that were like, you know, I just want to say – I've been reading the not me stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm very sorry if any of my jokes have offended you. And I'm thinking, dude, you're a comedian. Like, you don't. And I said this to him. The one guy, David, he's a great dude. He's a good Jewish man. I said, you don't need to apologize. That's your art. You know, if Schwarzenegger does an action movie and he shoots somebody up, he doesn't have to apologize for killing somebody on screen. That's offensive to some people. You just don't watch it. And I feel like it's really, as an artist and a comedian writer and all that stuff, it's it it kind of cripples you a little bit because. You don't need to watch what you're saying. Say, you know, don't use the N-word. Don't use the F-word. Don't say fag. You know, don't threaten to kill somebody openly. But everything else is a joke. If you don't like it, you don't watch them. And, you know, your history will, will stand the sense of 
of time of how successful you are. And it's it just that Al Michaels thing really bothered me that this guy had to apologize. I do like what Seinfeld said. He's like, because he doesn't, you know, I mean, there are curse words in his jokes, but that's not like, he goes, if you can take the curse words out of the joke, is it still funny? Right. You know? And that's a good measure. Right. But there are some people sense. who are Monet's of the words uh, of curse. Oh, the regular Rembrandt of the written word. Oh, a regular Matisse of the meticulated language. Ow, ow. Matisse. Ow, ow. Oh, regular Sejans of the Linguilats. Sports with John. Now I want to get into this. I gotta get into this. Uh, Chiefs. Greg Popovich. He released this statement today. Um, all right, let's just get the, the the whole rundown. Spurs head coach Greg Popovich has made no secret of, of his opinion of President Donald Trump, but he took his criticisms to another level on Monday afternoon. Trump held a press conference on Monday during which he claimed that many past presidents have not made phone calls to the families of military members killed in action talked about this earlier he claims he, he just like throws someone else's name under the bus for no reason man he just wants to here's it's in his lexicon here's what he wants I do. to talk about it i do a combo phone call letter email picture framed my book my book and a the t- art of the deal and a t-shirt for the apprentice and a, and a paper towel the art of the con Trump held a blah, 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 blah. We already know all this. So here's, here's Popovich's quote. This man in the Oval Office is a soulless coward who thinks he can only become large by belittling others. This has, of course, been a common practice of his. But to do it in this manner and to lie about how previous presidents responded to the deaths of soldiers is as low as it gets. We have a pathological liar in the White House, unfit intellectually, emotionally, and psychologically to hold this office and the whole world knows it, especially those around him every day. The people who work with the president should be ashamed because they know it better than anyone just how unfit he is, and yet they choose to do nothing about it. This is their shame, most of all. Biting, biting fierce words right there. I'm glad he spoke up. I like when you see sports figures and coaches get political like that because it's like it's even affecting us how dumb this man is. You know what I mean? Yes, and it, and it like, is it's pissing us off too. It is just such an unpresidential thing to do. You're just not. You don't talk shit like a little thug. Hundred percent. In Yank- every sense of the word. Yankees right now Ooh. up on the Strozies, eight to zero. We are in the top of the eighth. Base is juicy. One out. Eight to zero bases, juicy. Yeah, Eight. it's going to be the Dodgers and the Yankees in the World Series. Can you believe it, dude? Houston, New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Chicago, the top four markets in the United States of America. It's amazing. It's Isn't incredible. Unbelievable. Baseball is is happy about this. But it's not I like f- Kansas City and Detroit or something, you know. It's who I like, but I think for baseball's sake, this is a this is a good thing. This is a money, me too, money market driven 
World Series or, you know, division champion. League, yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. Else. Highest rating World Series, you called it two shows ago, last show. If they if it's the Dodgers, New York, highest rate is ever. Just the amount of people that are going to tune in. Oh, my gosh. Yankees. It's going to be incredible. I really, really hope the Dodgers go. Not a huge fan or anything, but it's good for the city. And just to see that, uh, you know, in our lifetime, New York and Los Angeles is incredible. I, uh, it's never happened. Uh, I know. And, and the Dodgers used to be in New York. You know, right. that's even crazier. And I just think that Dodgers and Yankees remind me of the Phillies and the Rays. It's like this out-of-nowhere, up-and-coming, really young team against this team that has been fucking knocking at the door for a couple years now. And right. the Dodgers are the Phillies, and the Yankees are the Rays. And I think if they no, do... Good, good parallel. If they do meet, the Dodgers will put them away. I just don't hope the, I hope the Cubs don't do any, like, down three, three uh, games to a zero, come back and, and then, win. Right. That's like, right. I feel like that... excited to watch, but, you know... Right. That team is capable of those things. There's, I agree. They're yeah, really they're going to rally. Really, really weird. But uh, they're, they're like 30 and uh, oh, and 30 for hits against the uh, Dodgers, though. The Cubs have not been swinging the bats. No. And the best, one of the best walk-off home runs in, in playoff history, Kirk Gibson smacking yes. it on one leg, happened literally 29 years ago to the date yesterday when... What's oh, wow. His name? I can't remember the guy's name. The guy who hit the walk-off in the game last night, Cubs, Dodgers. This is sports with John, and I have all the facts. Turner. Kyle. Nails one. And uh, I have all the facts. It goes into the gap. Ooh, at, gap. At, at Dodger Stadium, and this one fan runs over all by himself. The ravine. And he catches it in his glove, and he's wearing a Chase Utley jersey. The old man like, himself. I was like, that's, that's a, a moment. That beautiful moments of a, of a past Philadelphia player there in glorious Chavez Ravine. The Yankees got their huge lead <laughs> with a three-run homer by Aaron Judge, so he's finally shown up. He has been, like, horrendous in the playoffs. Mike Judge's son. Aaron Judge, Mike Judge, Aaron Judge. Um, but it is to 8-1 now. Astros just scored. Base is still juicy. Lee Stroganovsky. Um, I wanted to... Eight to one. Top of the eighth. Top of the eighth. I have top of the uh, ninth. Ninth. And they're playing in New York. Gotta, gotta get all these damn things down here. There's no chance. I'll just, just turn the game off right now. Bronx Cathedral. Eagles destroy, not destroy, but they beat the Panthers. Did we talk about this? I'll take this? the five points. It's all that matters. Did we talk about this? Have we talked about this since? We certainly have not. Okay. That was one of the most gut-wrenching games, not only because sometimes our offense was awesome and then sometimes it looked confused, but the penalties. Oh, my God. Oh, people are still talking about that. Like 200 yards in penalties. What the F? And some of the calls were so lame and weak. They were lame. It was almost half-assed in the sense that a lot of the, the refs were just like, yeah, we're doing this because we're, we're paid to do it. It's like, you're not watching the game I'm watching. 
And I get it. I get it. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you know if you don't. If you're a, if you're a ref, and I never right, right. I never like to say, oh, the refs are killing us. But that game reminded me of the Detroit game last year. I when oh my gosh, it yep. was like every play the Lions just were, were getting like here you go. Here's first and goal on the two. I thought that too. Here's my newborn baby and a check for you for some spending money on the weekend. Sad part of the game. Sad, sad news. But the Eagles are five and one. They three interceptions on Cam Newton. They, uh, it was funny. I was talking to Betty. She always calls. Ah. She always calls before Eagles games. John, oh. who do you think's gonna win? There I go. Um, I think if we don't try to um, like blitz Cam early on. And we kind of play back and make him make real good throws, which he's yeah. not that good if we play real tight. I think we'll wear him down, and then towards the end, we should just keep rushing him because he'll be off his game. And he that's what he did. That's what great. happened. You called it. That's, that's why right. you're, you're an analyst. That's right. That's why. And that's why it guys was great. Like, it was a good game. Like Max Kellerman usually you know, listen to the podcast. Then they do their show. He says the Eagles – are the class in the NFC because what happened? What sad thing happened now? Okay, we have J.J. Watt, Odell Beckham. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, besides Tom Brady, they're like the three most popular players in the NFL. Yeah, you. I guess you could contribute some of it to that, of course. I mean, you know. I mean, the outcome, certainly. There's nobody I can think of that's better than them. I mean, you know, just popular. You know, Jersey sales, I'm I'm thinking. Right. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. The kids love Odell, ODB, Jay. Love. And Rodgers. Everyone loves. Men love Aaron Rodgers. Grown men. Oh, what's, what's, not to, what's not to like? Oh. He's a handsome man that plays the game well. Maybe, uh, maybe get one more championship with that. I agree with that. Well, one more, and then I'll solidify you. He's like he's like a Drew Brees a couple years back. You're like, yeah, maybe one more, and you can put him at that level. I don't know, you know. I know. Isn't that insane? It's like you can't just get one and be great. You have to get more than one because there's that level. There's the Brady Montana. You know, I Elway. guess Elway. He has two. In terms of appearances, Big Ben yeah. has two. Big Ben's been to a bunch. Oh yeah. You know, think about Big Ben. Almost Pate. at three. Peyton Manning. If it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers. But he broke his clavicle, his collarbone. Ugh. So that's bad. I heard he might be able to make a return, but that's the second time he's broken that bone. And it's his throwing bone, I think. Yes. Right. And more times than not when, yeah, they might return in 10 weeks. They're not. Because they're not. The, most people at that point, if they're not in the playoffs, they're not going to risk it anyway. And this is so, you know, and they're not going to make it to the playoffs without him. You know, it would be really. Uh, there's this guy out there. Well, now, I guess we're going to segue into that. But I think in that division, Uh-oh. the uh, wow touchdown Titans with 47 seconds left. Titans are going to win this game. Monday Night Football coming at you live from Tennessee. Oh, you can eat wings. Um. In that division, now that Rodgers is gone, the Bears suck. Even though Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky did look fairly well, uh, 
in his debut on last Monday night football. He did look pretty good. I think I think the Lions are going to win that division, and Matthew Stafford just got that big raise, so it's going to look like he oh, highest paid ever earned his money, and it's because Aaron Rodgers is gone. Right, you know, and he's I mean? going to say it's not, but but it is. And Bradford, Sam Bradford of the Vikings, he they took him out of the game uh, last week. He's all banged up, so that team's going to tank. So, A lot of injuries going around. It sucks. It sucks. A lot they of injuries. Kaepernick more than ever. That's what I was just going to say. Kaepernick now suing Stupid. the league, saying that there's collusion <laughs> to not uh, you know, let him return to the, to the league. I hope he didn't use the word collusion. I think he used... No, collusion? Did he use I think collusion? he used collusion. Yeah, like you know, I've never they're heard all colluding. Of, uh, uh, John, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty well-read guy. You know, I'm a grammar Nazi. I read a lot of books. Sure. I've never heard the word collusion before the Donald Trump thing. Honest to God, I've never heard. There's, I never heard anybody say, Matt. There's been some collusion with you and the other kids. I've never heard that word, and now it's like the, the, the it word. It's collusion. Really? Collusion. Never heard it. Yeah. Maybe I've read collusion. it once or twice, but I've never heard anyone like actually say the word collusion. I remember. You just say, you would say they cooperated with, or they were, you know. Uh, these guys were in alliance with, or there were some deals going on, or they were in cahoots with. I never heard collusion. I th- yeah, I think in cahoots is kind of like that came from that word. Cahoots. In cahoots. <laughs> collusion. But Kaepernick is suing for a grievance. Secret um, or illegal cooperation or conspiracy. So it is, it's like a, it's like a teaming up for a, a, an illegal operation. That guy's really throwing anything against the wall at this point. I know. I mean, it's clear he's not getting signed. He's he's probably done. But uh, he he really just – he's probably kicking himself in the ass. Like if he could say, yeah, I can kneel, whether you agree with that or not, I think it's great. But if he were to go back, there's no way he would have done that. He's like, I need need a job. This money's only going to last so long. I know. I don't know what or how he's making money. I think – the NFL is done paying him, but he'll still get royal. You know, he'll still get something for the rest of his life. He'll still get something, sure. I think, but but he but he's at that that age where every year matters, and he's like, I, you know, another year goes by, you don't play. There's a chance you might never play again. It's not like you're in sales or uh, you know, in insurance. We're like, ah, I'll take a break and go back to work. No, nah, you need to be working now. That window getting, is closing. He ain't getting younger. Yeah, like he's getting less pubic hairs on his nutsack. You better cut him off with some scissors. Standings. Aye. In the AFC. No surprise. Week six at the top in the AFC East, the New England Patriotics, mm. after a fucking really, really. Unsitting well, like terrible, <laughs> terrible call. Uh, a non-touchdown. They called it a touchdown. Then they reversed it and said it was a touchback, and the Patriots got the ball when it was clearly a touchdown. It was a touchdown. I mean, it was a touchdown. It was a touchdown. There's no dicks about it. It was a touchdown. And the Jets are five hundred three and three at the bottom. Uh, Dolphins and Bills in the middle. It's amazing the Dolphins are three and two. I don't know how the stupid Falcons I don't let get them it. come back. It's amazing. They're winning, walking backwards. 
It gives me warts. Yeah. And my prediction came through. <laughs> the Steelers knocked off the Chiefs. Yes. Um, no more undefeated teams. 72 Dolphins celebrate. You um, called it. As they And you were right. And it's because of Andy Reid. You got and, these weapons. You don't know how to use them. And it's crazy. Exactly. I, uh, I read some stat scrolling yesterday or late, late last night, and it said, you know, Fifth team in last fi- in last seven years that the Steelers beat who were who were undefeated, like and I said that I was like right. Steelers knock off that undefeated team or that team that's like on a roll, even when they're like there's there's off field bullshit going on, you know there's drama Ben's um maybe I don't have what it takes and and Antonio Brown's complaining give me the ball, and and then they get on the field and they knock out. The only undefeated team left. They they've done it five times in the last seven years, something like that's, that. Oh, I didn't know that stat. Somebody that's, checked that stat, but it's something like that. It's interesting. Yeah, I read something this morning about how they did that, and it, it, kind of what you said, what we spoke about in previous shows. We're not surprised. This is the Andy Reid. You you all know they do so well for a while. The Chiefs have done this before with him, mm-hmm. and people are tired of the um, what's the quarterback's name? Um, Alex Smith. Smith, Smith and the Reed, Slow they've motion. done this before, and this is going to happen again. Um, and they were the last one. Chiefs went nine and zero, maybe like six years ago, and then they they lost it. And uh, dude, early playoffs—that's kind of their history. I think they either went fifteen and one or fourteen and two, and then played the Colts in the first round. And uh, yeah, exactly. Andrew Andrew Luck came da- came back Luck. from being down like twenty six points. And beat them in the fourth quarter. Reed choked. Choking. Poor, poor time up. management when it gets real scary. You better roll that pork barrel down the aisle because that was a lot of meat coming through. What does that mean? Rest of the AFC North. Ravens, Bengals, Browns, all shitty and 500 or below. Browns 0-6. Uh, they are the, it's a building year. They are one of the two. Undefeated? Defeated teams. Who's the other defeated team? The San Francisco 49ers. My oh, are they 0-6? Second favorite team. Yeah, they're tanking. They're, they're basically pulling a 76ers. 49ers, 76ers, copiers. Would they take Kaepernick at this point? They were like, bring them on. Would the fans want them? I have no clue. I mean, that town, you would think they'd be, you know, open and accepting. Let's give it it is Northern try. California, not as liberal as you think. Oh, that, well, it's San Fran, isn't it? Like, oh, it's know. very hippie-like and right. homosexual friendly, but it's also surrounded by Napa Republicans. Oh, well, not right now. It's like me when I visit Jen's family. I'm like a little piece of white rice in a, in a pot full of beans. I'm just a little white guy surrounded by a sea of brown. Yes, like me when I hang out with Heather's family. I'm a single piece of white rice in a an ashtray. You're um, a single Gentile in a place full of matzah. A plate full of olive oil. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't get it. The AFC South, eh, the Mediterranean, you know. Uh, the AFC South, the team in first place, 500, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the most staggering statistic out of this whole year. The Bills are up there. You got Jacksonville down there. I just I can't believe that. Houston, Good for them. It's pretty amazing that division is really uh, really tight, and they're all under five hundred or five hundred and under. 
It's incredible. And then the AFC West, the Chiefs at the top still, 5-1. and one. Broncos under them, 3-2. and two. After the Broncos give the Giants their first win. If the Giants lose all their good players, and then they they beat the, uh, <laughs> they win. the Broncos. They beat the Broncos. Good team. Uh, Broncos were overconfident. Speaking of the Giants. Yes. They are 1-5. Slice the, that, sugar. At the basement of the NFC East, where we are 5-1 and one at the top. It's amazing. It's for real this year, too. It's for real. You can feel it. Cowboys 2-3. and three. Yeah. The sophomore slump. I just I like these, I, these, this juice. I, I love the ginger. I love the moisture. And I didn't think it was going to happen. I wanted it to. I love the preservatives. I love the jelly jams. I just love them all. I love the I mean, mist. I love the, I love the dew. I love the mustard packets that you squirt out a little bit. Something gets on the side of your mouth, and you see it in the car, and then you start wiping it off, and then you have to hit the brakes so you don't hit somebody. I like it a lot. I like when you take the tofu out of the package, and then you just hold it in oh. your hand, and you squeeze it, and it squeezes through your fingers. Oh, and then... no, 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 no. Everything about that. Tofu, ew. Ew. Ew, it's like a, ugh, it's like a hagfish. FC yeah, North, like that. NFC North, the Vikings four and two, Packers four and two. Like I said, I think the Lions are going to make a st- steady climb to the top of that division and win it and get in the playoffs. Um, good call. Below them. That's a good predict- pred- prediction. I-, I can get on board with that. I feel like that's a an accurate assessment. Most likely, if everybody stays healthy. Yeah. Did you see? Drink your juice. The um, one of the receivers. Uh, one of the receivers on the Lions did the People's Elbow celebration. The Rock. No, did he really? The Rock's finisher, yeah. Yeah, right. That's great. I know. Better, he, like, bounced off, and then he, like, dirty bird. he pulled the elbow off and, like, went like this. That's, that's amazing. Um, the NFC South with the Panthers, Saints, Falcons, Bucks. Falcons, of course, like we said, took a thrusting in the butthole from the Dolphins. <laughs> And the Panthers, they, they, they bit the ankles on a Friday touche. But the Saints, our good friend Drew Brees, have won three in a row. They're on a streak. That's awesome. I love They're the Saints. Due. I like Drew They're Brees. Due. I would love for him to. I would love for him to be the guy that beats the Eagles in the NFC Championship. No they, way. Because I don't think we're ready. We're not going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, it, it's just not going to happen. I like your ginger. Your truthful, truthful, uh, honest ginger. Well. I don't know, man. There aren't that many amazing teams. You know what team does scare me? Team in first place in the NFC West, the Los Angeles fucking I, I, Rams. Or you said, finish the word scare me. I knew it was going to be the Rams because they scare me too. Four Not so much two. the Rams, but the fans of the Rams when I get behind them in traffic and I see those tattoos shining and that dick. No, but they scare me too. I legitimately thought the Rams, and there's something to be said about that, man. I know. Goff. Remember what we were saying about with Jacare? Yo, just give this guy some yep. time, new system. He's capable. Let him find his footing. Exactly. Three they are a threat. They truly are a threat. 3-0, and o, however, on the road. Uh, one and two at home. Eek! Yeggity. And a quick note from the NF- NHL. Sorry. Oh, yes. Please show him some love. Scar's The NHL. The hell. In second place in the West. Yeah. The yeah. The Vegas Golden Knights. Oh. At four and one. 
I'm kind of into this team. Yeah, they're a new team. They're exciting to get on board with from the inception. I like their logo. Know? It is cool. And I do like Knights, Podcastle, King stuff. Yes. Right. Royals, Game of Thrones. Yes. Smiling, the Smiling Knight. <laughs> the Winking Jester. <laughs> the Rogue Rook. The Queer Queen. Captivating King. The Perverted Pawn. <laughs> the, the Bellios Bishop. The Yankees win. The Yankees win. Damn. So then they have one more game in New York, and if they win that, they take it. And if they go, yeah, it's over. Right? It, no. If they... <clears throat> this is game three. This is game three of the best seven. So if the Yankees... Oh, okay, right, right, right. If they win tomorrow, they go back to Houston. It's tied up. If they win there, they win. If they... If they if the Houston wins, it's, there's one more game, right? I yeah. If New York wins, somebody next, help me. If Dad New, left his medication out. Here's the here's to break it down real easily. If the Yankees win the next game, it's a best of five series because it's tied up. But the, what's the, what's the, what's the series now? Two to one. Two to one. Strozies. Got it. Okay. Oh, Stros. Okay. All right. Yes. Dick. Tomorrow the. Uh, the Go Dodgers ahead. and the Cubs, which I think is just awesome. Uh, God, this playoff is such it, great Exciting, teams. Right? <laughs> oh no! You gonna be watching the game from home? Not watching it, but listening. I've been okay. listening on the radio, it's turned down very slowly. And so you can announce the play-by-play looking at the TV with the volume turned down. How we doing here? Say with the bell. Fuck yourself, team. I. Oh, you're driving. You're you're going up to. Uh... Like uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> no, so I leave the, the phone because you can listen to it on the ESPN app. And I leave it on the radio, the, the games, real low. So you can't hear it unless something big happens and you know the announcers start to yell. So I always, I always listen and then I turn it up when they start to yell and I get to hear the play. It's glorious. Oh, I, it's a fun I little like game. That's cinnamon. That's, it, that's cool. This guy. Used to, um, I, I drove around with him. He was the valet driver at Thompson BMW. Bob was okay. his name. Old real, guy. Real old guy. Uh, I remember him. Bob he Power. Away. Bob Power. Great, great guy. Yes. Yeah. And you see the Victor's down in Philly. He took a oh, really. Yeah, good guy. Victor's. What's Victor's? Is that a good cheesesteak? No, it's like a nice Italian restaurant. Ooh. Oh, I think I may have eaten there. That was nice almost, guy, though. I went there once with an ex. It was like a last ditch, try to save the, the relationship date. Real nice. That nice. That place yeah. is really nice, isn't it? It was called yeah. It's called like Victor's or Vincent's. I forget the name. It might have been Vincent's, but but yeah. Anyway, Bob. I know Bob. Great guy. He yeah. he. I, I just drove along with him because I was like training. The story's like he touched me. I'm like maybe not a great guy. Put his hand on my thigh and didn't take it off the entire day. Um, I, I was going to be the valet. So somebody drops off their car. It, it needs to stay overnight. I give them a ride home. Uh, and, or I go pick up somebody and bring them to get their car. So I drove around with him for the day just to watch how he does it. Pretty simple. But the whole right. time, it, the Phillies were playing a day game. And he had it on the radio, but he had it really low. So we were talking, and he would talk to the customer in the car and, you know, 
dance, monkey, dance. And then every once right. in a while, something would happen, and he would raise the volume, and it would be like, Philly's down 8 nothing. You know, it would be... Just ah, be, he'd get know, the little, like, the little points update. that he needed just to know. The, yes, just the highlights. That's a smart system. When you hear the rise in, in volume, you know, you tune it up, you get a score update. Okay, it's fifth inning. They just scored one or down by two. All right. And, yeah, so, anyway, so you have a dog, he said, you know. Smart. Right, exactly. See what adapted the system. He, and, he, and for the most part, he would raise it, and it would be – I remember the game. The Phillies got crushed. So the whole time he would turn it up, it was like the, oh, no. the Cubs or the Mets or the Dodgers, I forget, a blue team, even though I couldn't see them, but I knew they were blue, uh, were, scoring, right. were scoring. So we'd go, nah, and he'd turn the volume down and go, they stink. And <laughs> keep, keep talking to the client. Good for him. So how long have the, the premium? So how long, how long has the Corolla been down for? Yes. Did you get it that color originally, or is that a special job? What kind of seats are in it? What do you mean seats? I don't know. I stopped listening. I'm trying to listen to the game. Good dude, though. But that's a good system to have, though, to embrace that. Mm. Listen to that? I'm good with that, with uh, timing things. Like, I'll look at something, and I'll know, like, okay, I'm texting somebody. My boss is walking in, but I know what else I'm going to say, so I'm going to look at them as I finish these last few words. You know, very like you know, you and I are masters of like timing and manipulation. Where it's like, I need to do this. I'm not going to engage with this now because that'll mess me up. So I'm going to wait yeah. two minutes, walk this way. <laughs> but it gives you like a headache in the, the day because you're like, my brain's fucking oh, tired. God. My whole day is spent like juggling bullshit. Yes, you know what I mean? it is. It's like you, oh, you. Ha- it is like an entire chessboard that we're just slowly moving, and well you can't let anyone really see you do it. You just oh, hit the yeah. nail on the head. Truly. Oh. Truly, my friend. Yeah. Was my good? friend. My captain. It was great. It was, it was a beautiful timing of alliteration. Captain, my captain. I wanted to ask Bob this question, and I, I forgot. I had so many things written down. Look at, this, look at this paper of just notes that I oh was my scribbling God. down while we were talking. Um, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Uh, Jeez, worst day of my life. What happens if we just bomb North Korea right now? What happens? What's the what's the fallout? I think like I think we would look like bullies to the rest of the world. Of course. Uh, and then it would have. It would just be uh, all, all bets off. Repercussions with China and everything like that. I don't think any country would nuke us because we nuked nuked North Korea. However, it would be implications down the line that would not. You know, Russia would be like, well, if you nuke them. We're nuking this country. What are you going to do? You just nuke North Korea? And then, then they would start nuking people. I think they, that's the real problem. They would justify. I was watching that show Vice. Great show. Never watched it before. I knew it was something special. Blasphemous! Hey, I watch a lot of stuff. And news is tough for me. I have to really want to engage. Uh, and it's usually serious. So, you know, I have to switch to that level. But this guy was running around with these soldiers in Iraq fighting ISIS and, like, getting shot at and bombs going off all around them. Their entire city, dude, it's just like crumbled buildings. It's like like watching Call of Duty in real life. You're just watching the former city and people shooting. It's like a a paintball course in real life. It's just stuff... 
you know, it looked exactly like Call of Duty commercials. That the where it's like it's the POV that of the guy with the gun. Holy shit! Yeah, it's what wild. What are we doing? How are we letting this all happen? Especially in these ancient cities. I mean, these places are really old. And, yes. Oh, you know, you're ruining things, and you know they just become like a war zone, literally, for like 20 years. And the sniper. The sniper, yeah. And, and, snipers, snipers and everywhere. There's snipers everywhere, and there's people also trying to live daily lives. Yes. Places, like where I couldn't do that. I could be like, well, I'm going to go do my laundry and stuff. I'm like, no, there's a chance I could get blown up if I walk outside. That's, it's, it's really sad. That it's family true. that like gets up to like, I don't know, I guess where they just knew rescue was, and the kids all just like drop to the ground, and they're all crying, and they're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm guessing they were saying like thank you or something like that. Oh, really? Uh, I'm trying to remember, but yeah. And, oh, it, was just, it was just insane. Um, it is sad. That was quite it's, the, a, it's intense. It's quite, very intense. Quite the tangent. Quite the, uh, the intangible orange. Broken collarbone. That is the official uh, diagnosis on uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Broken collarbone. Um, Ezekiel Elliott suspension hearing set for Tuesday, so the uh, NFL lifted yes. that uh, pause or whatever the hell they did. That and, veil of interruptions. And they're 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 bringing down that, the hammer. That skirt of St. Jude. Skirt. Damn. What, what what a great idea! Hey, guess what? They are really about to get to their like sexual, like the beginning of their like sexual like awakening. Let's make the girls wear skorts. Let's punish them even more. Yeah, let's 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 make them really really feel restricted. Let's get these balls so blue you can see them from outer space. You can see them. These balls so blue you might as well call it the Great Balls of China. You can see it in space. How we doing it here, Xi Ping? Uh, the NFL Players Association has filed a request for a temporary restraining order that would again put the six-game suspension of Dallas Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott on hold. So it, it's just this nonsense of like loophole of loophole of delaying loophole by like shitty. It's it's a lot anything. of it's a lot of bullshit that they're they're doing. You know, it's getting later in the season. They're holding things up, and of course. Jerry Jones calling Thursday's ruling a setback. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones says his team and Ezekiel do not believe the suspended running back has been treated fairly throughout the process. Of course not. <sighs> Jones. JJ. Just because it's fair doesn't mean it's justice. Just like it just because it's legal does not mean it's moral. Do not blur those lines. We are better than that as a people, or a last off we should be. Yeah. The biggest god in this country is the green one. Yep, it's the greenest of greens. He is the almighty. And finally, <gasps> the NBA kicks off tomorrow night. I cannot wait. Does it kick off tomorrow, or does it tip off tomorrow? I'm here all week. That is a violation by me. I'm going to pay a fine. Oh, no, I just like to use the word tip. It does. The the tip is tomorrow, 8 p.m. rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Celtics-Cavs, obviously Kyrie on the Celtics. That'd be great. Dwayne Wade on the Cavs. Juicy. Wade changed his number. 
What is his new number? He was number three with the Bulls and the Heat. He's it now, was three, yeah. He is now number nueve. Ah. Interesting. What? Yes. I wonder if you do that so just in case both numbers get retired, it's not the same one at two different places. You know? What if the Cavs if retire his retired. number nine? I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, played yes. for him. True. They could win a championship, but I doubt it because of the team that will. Unless somebody gets hurt, which is possible, the Warriors, the defending champions, face the Rockets at 10.30 tomorrow night as well. Uh, I need to find Dynasty. One. I need to find out when the fucking Sixers start. Hold your horses. Hold on. I think they start on Sunday. Wednesday at 7 o'clock against those Washington Wizards. Wizardry. Oh, really dumb. And they are on ESPN. Oh, nice. You're going to watch the game? From the home? Absolute. Are you? If it's on TV here, I will. Otherwise, it'll be the whatever baseball game is on. Uh, it'll be on ESPN. We don't always get the Sixers on TV out here. It's national, silly Billy gumdrops. Oh, yeah. well, you just See? put jelly beans down my drawers and watch them melt. Why, I don't complain an iota about it. And that... Oh my gosh! I, this, I, I just... I, it's, it's water. It's sticky water. It's sticky water. <laughs> This is great, man. This is a great show. Full fledged show. Holy monkey. Good almost two hours. Wonderful. Tremendous. God, we should do these in the morning with our morning coffees. But I am game, man. I am I am the same damn time zone. Once the Adderall kicks in, I am game to do it. Let's do a morning show. We should do another morning show. Early morning. I'm game. I'm definitely game to do that. It would be like an week. early lunch for me. Yeah, I could do like two hours probably. Yeah. But I could do like 40 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Real quick. What's all? What's all the right. news of the morning? Let's try it out this week because that will give a fresh breath of air. Like when Paul McCartney recorded Oh Darling on Abbey Road, he used to go in every day in the morning and he would sing the first line and then he would say, nope, that's not it. We'll try it again tomorrow. And he wanted some kind of rawness in the morning. I'm going way out and live with this oh. McCartney reference. Well, I like but it something, though. Something about the morning though. For certain things, just just works. You have this certain yeah. amount of energy reserved in the world, but you haven't sucked the the day's dick yet. Well, yes, the day's dick hasn't slapped you around twenty times yet. You're in fresh. Face. So uh, you're clear. Great show, but tweet us. Snap us at the underscore podcast, and we will have uh, Katie Crotto on the show later on in the week, which we're very excited about. Apparently a morning show, and uh, definitely a great time for sports with John, as the uh, this time of year is incredible. So from the gentleman in charge of administering shock to the day of the dick, to the man that has it jabbed in his throat and is crying for mercy. <laughs> that is a terrible reference. The worst sign-off ever. Thank you so much for listening, and adieu, everybody. Adieu. Yeah, to me. Adieu, adieu. Are you ready for the summer? Children are going to the most glamorous of all summer camps.